On the faraway world of Paterburnum, a community gathers for the annual celebration known as Retirement Day. The residents gather along a thoroughfare of lights, sounds, and enticing exhibits. Wandering through this midway is a small child carrying a ridiculously elaborate ice cream cone, eyes agape at the sight of rented contemporary carnival rides and booths that have been dressed up by the props department to look like some sort of futuresque and spacey carnival. As her visual and auditory senses are overloaded, she doesn't see as she bumps into a nearby stall, tripping and dropping her frozen treat. As it sadly plops to the ground, her once awestruck eyes begin to well with tears. We hear an off-screen voice from a strangely dressed man. Oh no, that won't do. Tall and broad with a long bristly beard and long white hair tied back in a ponytail, the strange man wears a bright patchwork plaid coat over a simple gray t-shirt and torn rolled up jeans, toes wiggling in his flip-flops. Nicholas, uh, uh, retrieve another sweet treat for the sweet child. Another man, spindly and dressed in clothes as drab as dust, hurries with a smile, eager to help. Ah, perfect. Thank you, Nicholas. The friendly hand reaches out, offering another ice cream cone, perfectly identical down to the sprinkles, and makes it all right. Classic cold open for a Doctor Who adventure. Someone gets a ice cream. It's hey, it's a cold open. It's in the it's in the name. What do you what do you hey? Look, ben, sometimes sometimes ice cream, sometimes you scream, but we all scream for ice cream. Hey everybody, I kinda wanna use that now in the beginning <laughs> of our episode after the after the after the, after the credits. I kinda wanna have that moment. Uh, hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 407 of The Game of Rassilon. I am your game, Missy Riley Silverman, and joining us as always is our illustrious and talented crew of folks aboard the TARDIS. We, of course, have our chaotic companion, Carrie, played by Joe Kate Lay. Hello, Joe. How are you today? Meow. Great. Thank you. Meow. Meow. <laughs> You're really in this Moira Rose thing still, aren't you? Oh, that was my cat. I was just going as a cat. That was supposed oh, okay. to be like a meow stream, meow, meow. That's a throwback <laughs> gotcha. to Cats Don't Dance for anybody who does not know that masterpiece. Please go check it out. Hmm. Okay, so Joe is in typical form. This is fantastic. <laughs> yeah, have it. Hey, Joe, does, does Carrie have any new short-term goals? N- not right now. I, I don't want to jump the wagon since I don't know too much, nor how we interact with these people, so... Okay. Uh, you know, I'm going to try to not do the semi-chaotic thing, but my still, my long-term goal, we're going to keep it true to the chaotic good thing, fingers crossed. Okay. And then, of course, traveling with, with Carrie and the TARDIS is Lita. Hello, Lita. How are you today, Ben? Lita is fine. I'm also good. Uh, I do have to think of us as separate people with our own thoughts and feelings, because I don't want Lita bleeding into my conversation while I'm at Ralph's picking up an aubergine or whatever the hell. Except they call them eggplants here, so I don't know why my brain... I think my brain thinks aubergine is funnier than eggplant, which is categorically false. You know what's wild, I know, I Ben? Think I think the name aubergine is a good name. I thought, And also, he was great as uh, Odo in Deep Space Nine. 
Oh, rest in peace. Uh, Michael, what were you going to say? I was going to say the crazy thing, uh, Ben, is that Lita also calls them aubergines. Uh-oh. Yeah. Uh-oh. That's the truth of the matter, is that Lita is probably, if not English, then probably Welsh. Well, you just heard the dulcet tones of our engineer, Michael Nixon. Hello, Michael. How are you today? Yeah, I just uh, mercilessly cut the doctor in line. Hi, I'm Michael Nixon. I will be your engineer and uh, occasional terrible accent uh, this evening. Welcome. Hi. Yeah. And uh, I may have just chosen to let Dr. Glass this one particular time because it was it made sense with the flow of the conversation. Well, that's um, good. Speaking of our doctor, let's say hello to Dan Peck. Hi, Dan. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm also thrilled that Ben made the exact same Odo joke that I was thinking about making, <laughs> but I got to experience it from this side. And you know what? It was it was perfect. It was just mwah, chef's kiss flawless. You might say that when it comes to that Odo joke, uh, the ocean becomes a drop. <laughs> oh. Wow. Oh. All right. I also Ooh. think that that aubergine joke, uh, that Rene aubergine joke, has kind of become my short-term goal accidentally. <laughs> <laughs> Quick, a new All NPC right. is needed. <laughs> Furiously scribbles eggplants into uh, Rene uh, adventure. Man. <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, yeah. The trio of travelers exit the TARDIS and find themselves in essentially an old school county fair in space. There are a bunch of humanoid creatures wandering around. They are they're ostensibly human, but they're in human in that BBC way where they have managed to find just the right amount of, of excess face bump makeup to put on these creatures to give them some air of alienness to them. Not unlike the people around the rings of Akatan, those kind of vibes to them. Maybe just like the occasional bit of of hair coloration or ear shape that implies not quite human, but we also didn't spend a ton of money on costume budget. There's also that that one blue guy is there, too. I love that one blue guy. Yeah, the blue human's there. Yeah, he's there. Yeah, there are a couple of other people around. There's a wandering down the midway. There is a, a Lupari who is calling out people to partake in the various sights and sounds and smells of the carnival. Would, would you say that the Lupari is a barker? Yes, that's actually why he's Lupari. That was the joke. Yes. I'm sorry. I, I I didn't mean to. No, 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 no you found keep it, it in there. He's That's the gag. So you found okay, it. Cool. Yeah. Yep. Right. <laughs> Joe, just so you know, the Lupari are, are dog people. Got it. So we're dealing with dog people. One dog person. Yeah. One, one dog person. I got you. The the doctor just like takes a step forward. Oh, I, I, I love a fan. You, you, you know, you can actually track the scent of deep fried through space. So anytime you are looking for a fair, you just point your nose and it. it Amazingly, it travels through the vacuum. And in fact, there is a delicious stall of fair food. There is anything you could think of deep fried that you would want to eat deep fried. And some things you never would have thought of as deep fried are there. Oh, th- this stall has deep fried segments of Meat Station Alpha. Oh, uh, maybe that does. It's a mm. big popular hit. Yeah. Yeah. It's actually it's a little bit less active because it turns out Meat Station Alpha has now been repurposed as a feeding ground for the Vasha Narada. And so the actual public access to the meat is a little bit less accessible than it used to be, so it's now become a delicacy. Interesting. I like that. Yeah, look, look at the price of that. $45 a pound. Oof. Yeah, there is, there's a, there's lots of stalls. There's the food stall. There's some game stalls. There's a tarot reading stall. There's a book stall. Nick's stall is there. There's a freak show. There's lots of things like that that are happening. So what would you... Let, let's let's get into character. Let's let's let you explore in character. Dan already did a little bit as a doctor, but let's... What are you, what are you all looking at? What are you excited about? Food. <laughs> 
<laughs> you gotta so Carrie's just, gonna go for just food. Just flat out food. <laughs> you said fried food, and the first thing that I just kept thinking about is the Texas State Fair. I don't know if they continue making it, but they have this chicken wrapped in flapjack and jalapeno on a stick, and that baby is so good because they give you a side of maple syrup, and oh you just... Oh my god. Yeah, I'm sorry for my vegan or vegetarian friends, but but it's it's like if you took a chicken tender, but instead of the tender breading, it's pancake mix, but like that spicy really pancake good. mix. Sorry. I just... I like You said food, and that's the first place my head went no. to, so that's... That's, that makes sense. Uh, it's the it's universe. There. It's batter. I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. So, you know what? Actually, Carrie, there is a dish that is almost identical to that, but it's in space, so it's like a little bit different. So there is sure. some sort of poultry. There is definitely a pancake-style batter. There is a syrup that is green, but is very... Not green in a gross way, but green like in an yeah. appealing, exciting way. Yeah, like ecto-cooler. Does very much remind you of the flavor of maple syrup. Yes. And it, there is, there's like a, some sort of spicy pepper, but from a different planet. So right. it's, it's, it's there, but it, 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 it's the closest thing you've found to this delicacy that you might recall. As long as it's not moving... We're, we're Gucci. You know, yeah, in I'm fact, a very... there's a sign that says all of our food is cruelty free. And uh, all of our food uh, is Gucci. Yeah. Well, there's a, the, the stall owner's name is Gucci. And so that is actually like, oh, yeah. It's actually, there's a hyphen. It's Gucci. Yeah, gotta, that's what I meant. Yeah. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's G-O-O-C-H-I. Yeah, so I definitely go up to this Gucci and, oh no, I don't have money. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay, that's like okay. That, that's okay. That was that's such a real realization. <laughs> the the stall owner goes, "Well, why would you need money? This is this is the fair. This is <gasps> you're just gonna. Oh, it's f- f- free, gratis. N- it's, no, it's no trade. No, I don't have to. Oh, he seems confused that you would even think it would cost money. He's kind of surprised by this. The doctor, well, the doctor sidles up to Carrie. and goes, "Capitalism never gets off of Earth. It's 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 good. It's." It, yeah, uh, we don't have to get that into right. I, I'm Vietnamese. We we don't have to get into that, Doctor. We're we're good. We're good. Thank you. Gucci, Thank you, you might Gucci. Say. Thank you. I appreciate this. I appreciate you're also cruelty free. We uh, we're, we pride ourselves in keeping you fed and not hurting others. So this is great. Um, you know, I, lo- you. I love that. I I appreciate that. You balance me out. Bless you. Sure, but bless bless you as well. And I don't think he understands what that means. Doctor, do you want any snacks from this, this stand? Yeah, the, the doctor just blindly points to the menu and says, give me what you recommend, please. <laughs> All right, uh, Dan, what is your favorite uh, fair food in reality? I, I mean, it's funnel cake. Just I, oh, I, didn't, yeah. even, I didn't even have to yes. think about it. Yeah, <laughs> yes. funnel he gives cake. You, he gives you a funnel mm-hmm. cake. It's obviously made from a different kind of batter than you would find on Earth, but it's probably it's the same batter that's being used for the chicken. Oh yeah. And instead of having sugar, it has some sort of like alien honey of some type on top of it that sweetens it. And it's like it's like, it's like when somebody uses like a cave instead of sugar. Ben, what is your favorite fair food? And if you went to a village fete, what would you order? My favorite fair food in reality is funnel cake, but I think Lita. I I don't I don't think Lita into this I think okay. that I actually think that she's visibly uncomfortable like she's not a big fair person okay so Lita does not get anything I'm gonna have Dan and and Joe make for me an awareness and intuition check oh the game's afoot no it's uh it's 2d6 yeah that's how you yeah your feet your feet will not help you with this roll I I rolled a 12 with a one on one of my dice okay oh sorry I rolled a I rolled a nine one of them was a six okay 
and plus five, so that's 14. Okay. So what I will say is, Doctor, when you eat it, it, it tastes off to you, but not in a, like, necessarily it's bad way, but in a way that's, like, sort of like when you've eaten in real life. Imagine, like, when you get, like, a microwave dinner or something where it's, like, boy, there's just something not quite full about this flavor. Mm-hmm. That's what you're getting. And, and Joe, what I will say is with your six, because you both succeeded, you definitely are aware that it's not poisonous. It's not harmful to you. It's not anything. There's just there's just an overly processed food kind of vibe to it, even though it doesn't feel like processed food. There's just something off about it. It, it tastes great. You, you still enjoy it. It does kind of remind you of what it was back home. But there's just something you can't quite put your finger on, but you know it's not, like, dangerous or anything like that. Hey, doctor? Yes, Carrie? Have you ever had a, a hot dog? Uh, from Earth? Yes. From other planets? Yes. They're yeah. all made the- of, They're all made of the same space creature. Yeah. Uh, oh, uh, we'll get back to that. But uh, this kind of tastes like a hot dog. Where, like, you know, you're, you're a little bit... Uh, you know, you look at it suspiciously. And if it moves a little bit, you just kind of... Hmm. That is the problem with eating on planets that you didn't necessarily grow up on. It's an acquired taste. Granted, there are a lot of artificial ingredients. I can taste it, uh, but that's part I'm, of the I'm fun. I'm gonna put this down. I'm gonna put this down. Carrie, like, bends down and just, like, places it on the ground and starts walking away from it. <laughs> the doctor picks it up and looks for a garbage can. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, there's plenty there. It's actually a pretty clean and well-kept fairground, so there's accessible garbage cans and it actually, it's actually more of a compost thing that takes it and reprocesses it and makes it good for the environment it's all fancy I, I, actually before before putting it into the compost pile I think the doctor like looks at it and looks around to make sure no one's looking and takes a quick bite of Carrie's <laughs> food because mm-hmm. it was it, yes it sat on the ground for a moment but I think he's curious as to what does this taste like and he, he processes it for a moment and says yeah, she's right, and puts it on the compost pile. Yeah, your food also had that same vibe to it when you yeah. ate yours. Um, but the only, the only difference is you do taste a little bit of dirt when you do it yourself because yeah. you, you did pick it up from the dirt. I, so I will hold on to the funnel cake though, like that. That will be finished by the doctor, regardless of how <laughs> spot on or not it is. Okay, I love that Dan's doctor canonically eats garbage. He's a trash panda. <laughs> so to be established that there are there are game stalls, there's a book stall, there's a freak show, there's a tarot card reader. So are there any of those things that stand out to any of you? Uh, as an extremely competitive individual, I think Carrie would definitely start going towards the games to see what there is to see. <laughs> okay, great. And as an extremely competitive individual, the doctor laughs at the tarot card readers. <laughs> <laughs> So when you walk by the tarot card reader, there is actually a robot that is reading the tarot cards. But it's almost like you know, the best description I can give it is, is the scene in like in Short Circuit when Johnny Five goes up to the, the three card Monty thing and like points at it in Short Circuit 2. It's kind of like that. It's like a it's like an automaton that is doing it's it's somewhat anthropomorphized. It's like it's almost like more of like an android than a full on just like box robot. But it's definitely an automaton doing cards. And its name is is Tuval. Two dash V-A-L-L. Oh, you're trying your best. So you go to the you go to the games, and as you go to the games, the uh, the carnival barker walks up to you, and he's a very jovial Lupari, he's a big burly dog man, and he's like, "Welcome, welcome to the carnival. I am, of course, your master of ceremonies, your barker himself. I am, of course, uh, Carvinal, and I am here to welcome you to the delights of the midway. Looks like we have some strangers from off world who would like to perhaps partake in a couple of games of chance." 
I don't know. You just said your name was Carnival, and that's very close to Carnivore. That's, my name is Carvinal, and, not Carnival. Carvinal. We're at a Carnival. I'm sorry. I'm a little. I'm. I'm a little deaf. I'm so sorry. You know, going through time and space and with a lot of explosions, you don't realize how damaging that is to one's eardrums. I apologize. And people people don't realize that when you travel through time, it is also like being in an airplane where your ears sometimes pop. <laughs> travel through time. What a, what kind of joke is this? Oh, carnival joke. Just, you know, good uh, good time carnival joke. Uh, hello, I am the doctor. This is Carrie. <laughs> good and, one. Good and one. Ha, ha, ha. I see it now. It's a good look. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry? We got a cosplayer over here. Ha. Sorry? The doctor. It's hilarious. You got the coat and everything. I love it. Uh, the doctor is actually a little stunned. Oh, t- tell me, who... You, you know the character that I'm playing as? The character? <laughs> yeah, of course, the character. The doctor. Yeah, you're, you're here on retirement day and you're the doctor. This is great. I love it. You look good. Oh, wouldn't miss retirement day. It's in my it's in my space uh, internet he, he, calendar. Yeah, Just, yeah every, every year he celebrates it annually, yeah. right? Oh yes, but <laughs> uh, we all do. But, but, uh, but my, my 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 other traveling companion Lita over here has no idea what it is. Lita, come here, yeah, please. Yeah. Uh, Li- oh, Lita God. is brand new to this, Hi. and. Um, Sorry, sorry. I don't want to put you through this, Lita, but we have to. I put my foot in my mouth already. You're the only sane one here. Okay. Carrie, like, leans back. Hi. I'm what you would call an idiot, and I have no idea (laughs) what or who retirement day is, or even... And actually, there's, like, a a flash of thought across her face as she says this. I don't know who the... Tell me me about retirement day. Tell me about the doctor. You're kidding, right? Let's let's this just again, day. again. Let's let's assume that I am, as I've already stated, like fully stupid. And let's just go. Give me the beats. Give me like the. Well, let's, let's first of all, we don't use such ableist terms around here. So let's <sighs> just be nicer to ourselves a little bit. Let's just do that a little bit. Can you do that for me? Can you be nicer to yourself? No. Uh, no. Uh, that's what, t- tell me. Tell me as you would a child. Oh well. Well, of course. Okay. Uh, and like, as he's talking, like children do start to gather because they're very excited to hear the story of retirement day. And Carrie pops down, sits crisscross applesauce, is just like captivated. So does the doctor. <laughs> I think Lisa, not wanting to feel like a like like she's sticking out, I think she reluctantly like grabs a carpet tile and 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 like pops a squat. All right. Well, as you all know, once the universe was protected. Once there was a great hero who would wander the realms and protect the people, the boys and girls sleeping in their beds, the moms and dads watching over them, and all the presidents and kings and queens that led their mighty lands. And all the non-binary people, too. Yes, indeed, the non-binary <laughs> sovereigns. The doctor's just so like far. Santa Claus. The doctor's so far just <laughs> nodding along. Okay, okay. And of course, all the species who don't have gender binaries to begin with. Of course. All right. But then, disaster. One day, the doctor, this great hero, decided he was the doctor no more. And Carvanal like moves his hands around and puts out a hologram. It's kind of like this like cartoonish little vibe. And what plays from this hologram is a long since corrupted signal that has bounced around planets throughout the universe from a 
old analog broadcast signal that left the planet Earth in the year 2025. Citizens of the Earth, your words, your words. And citizens of the universe at large, I have a very important announcement to make. Hello, Stonehenge. And then he begins to give a speech about all of his achievements and all the things he has done and all the battles he has fought and won. And then finally, we come to the end of it as I'm sure a sense of realization washes over the doctor's face at the consequences of choices made not so long ago, but very long in the eyes of the universe. And we come back to this quote unquote doctor and he says, taking this planet. Just imagine who will be standing in your way. Because it won't be me. As of this moment, I am retired. The Earth is yours. And the transmission ends. And then Carvanal boosts up his storytelling Joy de Vive again. And he says, and on that day, we all felt terrified, lost, alone, and worried that we might someday meet a dire fate because we were no longer protected by this warrior hero known as the Doctor. But then, one day, a good, brave man came to us, known as the Engineer, and he told us that we don't need to live in fear and sadness and sorrow, but instead we should rejoice for all the days that we have had, all the years that we have survived since the retirement of the Doctor. And now, every year we celebrate Retirement Day as one more year that we have survived in this era of darkness. Because we have found our own light, and that light is signified with retirement day and then all the kids start cheering and, and they're excited and they're happy and he goes and that's why again we have this fair there are lots of treats here there are goodies there are still rides there are celebrations and we're all here to have a good time while we can i think the doctor just continues to sit there uh even as maybe the crowd starts to disperse just sort of in very introspective silence and i think after a moment, stands up without saying anything and, and walks past the compost pile where the, the other food was thrown and, and drops the funnel cake and just kind of keeps walking. Uh, Lita and Carrie, what do you do? Um, I think Lita, when the doctor was, was sitting, was just kind of, and has, had probably for a while just been kind of looking at the doctor because this is this is the first time anyone other than Carrie or the Doctor have had anything to say about who the Doctor is and I think that I think Lita is particularly after hearing the words the earth is yours is appalled and I think that if anyone looking at Lita right now just sees this look of just anger on her face and uh, I think she gets up and I think she walks in the opposite direction I think she she needs she needs a minute so she just kind of gets up and walks off very quickly away from what, what, the closest thing that she can find to, like, there are not as many people here. She's just trying to find space. 
Okay. And Carrie, you just saw this video. You saw the figure who you now know definitely was not the Doctor, was the Master. You spent five years with the Doctor after the Master of the Doctor switched places. So you you know this was not the Doctor. Mm-hmm. But you understand now that the universe does not know that information. And you see the Doctor, this new Doctor of yours, wander off one direction. And you see Lita, who you know has had issues and trust and fears of the Doctor already, walk off in the other direction. Which Where does Carrie go? What does she do? I think Carrie's going to follow Lita because she does know what she knows and she is very much aware of Lita's hesitation towards the doctor. So I think she's best used there. At first, before you broke down everything, I was going to be like, oh no, where does Carrie go? Does she follow the doctor? Does she follow Lita? Oh God. I I think that's what Carrie does first, you know, when she does notice both of them get up because that's just a very normal person thing to do. But then, yeah, based off of everything that she knows about the video and Lita, I think she would make the choice to follow Lita instead of the doctor because... Yeah, her fight's not there, I don't think. Okay. That's my, that's my choice. It's my no, choice. No, I think it's great. I, 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 that's why I'm giving you the choice, because I want to see where you wanted to go with it, with Carrie. Yeah. Let's follow that for now. I think that's the most... I think I think that as much as I want to see the Doctor sulking right now, I, I do want to... I think this is the really interesting thing to follow, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to follow that. I'm going to say that, Lita, where you wander to, I think you being the tech person that you are... I think that your natural comfort zone is in mechanics and things that need to be fixed and repaired and stuff like that. So almost instinctually, I think you find yourself slipping kind of past the main thoroughfare and midway stuff of the carnival and you find yourself heading into more of the ops section and you have so far not really been noticed. I think you look enough like somebody who's there to fix things or to build things that I think people just assume you work there. And so I'm going to say you're wandering into essentially what will be like the backstage of the carnival where there's like lots of, of junk and stuff piled up and like things that need to be fixed for the fair and things like that. So let's start there. Let's Let's start with Lita walking away and Carrie following her. Carrie spots uh, a hard helmet. Is there's a? Are they called hard helmets? Yeah, hard hats. Hard hats. Yeah. Hard hats. Okay. But on this yeah, planet, like, they're helmets. hard helmets. There we go. Great, great, perfect. Viewers at home, that's hard. That's a hard hat. Uh, she grabs one of these hard hats because usually they're in these sort of locations, and I hope there's one there. It's like a space version, so it's like a little like thing you put on, and like it creates like a like a hard light hologram around your head that fits perfectly. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I dig it. Yeah, it's like um, kind of like the sound shields in um. Dune. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I love it. She grabs one of those and she runs up behind Lita and says, you're not supposed to operate heavy machinery without the proper protection. So you, you should you should put this on for reasons, you know? Yeah, I think Lita, Lita takes the, the hard helmet and uh, kind of just, I guess, smiles a little bit and then put, puts it on and it goes swing and just a holographic hard helmet appears on her head. So, we gotta smash stuff up, or, you know, you're gonna make me do this by myself, as Carrie is pulling out her bat from her little bat holster behind her. Uh, I think there's a, there's a moment of possibly slightly awkward silence before Lita says, How long have you traveled with the Doctor? Are you talking overall, or are you talking about this specific iteration? I don't even know where to begin processing that sentence. I guess, like, when did you first meet the Doctor? How long have you been traveling with the Doctor? 
So technically, I didn't meet the doctor first. I met the doctor's companion, which led me to the doctor because it ended up being a really bad date. Really great adventure, but bad date. So we did that for ooh, three years? Eight, eight years? You dated oh, for three years? No, 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 no. Uh, I'm, I'm just trying to figure out the math with how long it was. Well, I, if I try to explain it to you, I don't think it'll make much sense, but there was another person, the doctor and I, and then it was just the doctor and I, and then it was just me, and then now there's this new doctor. So in dog years, I would say 20. I, I don't... It's, it's a joke, Lita. I don't I'm, know why dogs have, have different years than we do. We all live on the same planet. Neither do I. Yeah, you know, it's a weird... And then these dogs can talk and walk on two feet. It's a little... Pff, how we get here? <laughs> how... How can you have traveled with this person for so long? Did that happen while you were with the doctor? The the, the, the speech on, on the rocks? Was that... Were you there for the, that? That wasn't the doctor because that's kind of in the time where the doctor was a little bit MIA. There's, Can I, we say that? We is, are, is missing an action right? We are literally on a planet where everyone is saying that is the doctor and it, it, you'll have to forgive me but there are lots of people here and there's one of you and I don't want to be yeah. I don't want to like Oh no I get it I get it the majority the majority rules here I just want to let you know that we have run into this person, thing, entity called the Master, which is really, like, the utmost privileged thing to call oneself. Like, they chose that name for themselves. How entitled do you have to be? Besides the point, they like to play a lot of mind games and cloak themselves as other people, so that's essentially what's happening here and all i can say is when the master involved it's all for bad reasons there's never been good reasons he let me confuse him into a logic hole once just by being confused myself so i see see we're not playing by really any earth rules here or any rules you or i know yeah because i know you're not from earth get in that that vibe um yeah so hang on so the master chose chose their own... Did the doctor choose their own name? I don't know. I don't think they get to choose much. I mean, did, my last doctor didn't get to choose when she said goodbye, so... I mean, none of us do. That's, that's, that's part of living. That we don't, well, we, yeah, we don't get to choose they, the circumstances of our death unless something incredibly horrible is... Like, this is the I question so I want to ask you. I hear you, Lita. This is, the, yeah. this is the question I want to ask you. Mm-hmm. Who is the, who is the doctor? Is that even his name? I don't know. I don't. I don't know and that I can trust this person. And everything I'm seeing, everything we just saw in the hologram, does not endear him to me anymore. I'm not. I don't know what to do with the information I've just learned. That is completely valid, and you have every right to be confused and feel the way that you do. However, there's a lot of things in this universe that. You don't necessarily need to see to believe in. And I know that sounds super corny, but... Are you, are you about to hand me a copy of the Watchtower? Because I'm going to say yeah, I'm not for it. Yeah, no, no, no. But I, all I was going to say is maybe just 
follow his actions and see where that leads you because that's never let me down so far. Okay, all right. Well, let's, let's look at recent actions, shall we? So the doctor just faced with a hologram of words, apparently he said from his mouth, different face, it seems, but like I, based on what you've just said, that's not unusual. And his reaction was to walk off in a sulk. Like, does that... How, how do you feel about the Doctor, see, knowing that, seeing that? What is, what is your hot take? He's still a baby time doctor. He's only new at this. Babies have tantrums. He's having a tantrum. I don't know how I'm the most adult one out of the three of us, but here I am, holding two babies. <laughs> she goes over and, like, strokes Lita's head. I don't know if this is making you feel better or making you laugh, but... I think she does laugh. I think I think that I-, I think there's this kind of brief moment of of weakness where like Lita just I think she just kind of rests her head on on your shoulder for a second and just says, I've just been I've been let down by so many people so many times. And then she kind of pulls back and and takes a step back and and stops. And she just stops talking. It's interesting that you say this right now. Because as you say this statement about being let down by so many people, a figure steps into the room and it's kind of at first caught off guard that you hear because this is typically backstage. This is not typically where fairgoers go. But we see the man that we saw in the cold opening. We see the man in the the patchwork kind of Madras style jacket, the shirt and the jeans. This is a human man. This is not someone with weird alien makeup added to it. It's looking human person. And you recognize him immediately, Lita, because this is the man who swindled you on the space station that you first stopped at when you left your home in the sunken colonies. Well, excuse me, you two, are you back? Uh, did you get lost back? St- oh, uh, dear. No, who are you? Who uh, are you? Carrie holds up her bat higher, Lita, like in, in defense Lita position. Takes, Lita takes the bat and starts walking towards this man. Both no. Uh, Let's go, Lita! Doctor, you stepped away from this crowd and you kind of wandered off by yourself a little bit. Uh, where did you go? The place that the doctor always returns to, the TARDIS console room. Okay. Uh, what do you do when you're there? Uh, the doctor immediately makes his way to the main console and hits a switch on the panel to lock the doors to the TARDIS. Okay. Because he definitely needs to be alone for a moment and then begins to punch in the information required. And the doctor is going to pull up the broadcast Carvanal showed because Mm -hmm. uh, you said it was broadcast basically everywhere and anywhere. So Mm -hmm. I think the doctor is going to pull it up and again starts watching it and listening to the master as the doctor just take everything that the doctor stands for and in a way, throw it down the garbage and the doctor mm-hmm. freezes the image on the face of the master right after he says the earth is no longer protected or, or whatever the exact wording was. I apologize for not having that correctly. Uh, the and earth is yours. The earth is yours. Yeah. And the doctor just takes a long moment and just is staring at the face of the master. And the doctor knows that the master essentially did okay at the end but this hurts 
and mm-hmm. the doctor begins to grab anything that is not bolted down to the TARDIS and begins throwing it and kicking things and throws his jacket to the floor and takes his tie off and throws it to the ground and is pacing and wants to curse the heavens but knows that no one will hear him right now because he is in his sanctuary and kind of collapses into a bit of a a heap on the floor and is just looking at that image of the master destroying everything that the doctor has spent all of his lifetimes trying to accomplish and knowing that this genie is out of the bottle. There's, There's no way or at least right now, there's no way for the doctor to fix this and he feels utterly helpless. He feels as if he has let down every single person in the universe. As you sit on the floor in this frustration pile and you you think back the last several journeys that you've had, you think to the world where the, the word doctor was synonymous with coward. You think of the the, the pity and the mention of time lords that were heard in the uh, the IS. You think of all these things and you you feel this guilt in the space between the responsibility of what happened and the fact that the carnival worker thought of you as like a clown because you were dressed as the doctor and calling yourself a doctor and you're feeling a little sorry for yourself and then you feel a nudge at your hand and it's Gunther your trusty pet and she has come up to you and she's purring and she kind of crawls kind of up into your legs a little bit and and lays there and purrs and you feel weirdly warm and safe because like at least there's this one being that still knows you exactly as who you are and and as you've been always and i'll let you sit with this feeling for a little bit of time but as you kind of meditate on this sensation in this moment suddenly you hear a warning alarm go off on the tardis console and as you glance up and look at it you realize that it is a sort of proximity alert, letting you know that a alien spaceship is entering orbit over this carnival and is preparing to land. And we're going to go back to Lita and Carrie, who are in the middle of this action sequence. So we see this engineer... We see Lita, who has grabbed Carrie's bat and begun to threaten this engineer. And we also have Carrie. So what do you all do here? I'm going for his knees. <laughs> <laughs> well, if, if Lita has the bat, I'm going for his knees. That you knock the opponent off their feet. Quick, quick tip out there to all our Game of Rassilon fans. <laughs> if you are ever in an altercation, go for the knees. I think or, that's the um, thing fans of a Doctor Who podcast really want to know is how to how to attack someone most efficient. Yeah, exactly. You should also go for the instep. We're establishing a conflict scene, so we will have uh, we have we clearly have two fighters, mm-hmm. and then talking. we have you're talking. talking. Okay, talking, so talking. so let us let us go in this order. So, Talker, what are you saying, Talker? <laughs> Lisa, I, I never thought I'd see you again. I, I can give it back. I can give it all back. Just, just, just don't, don't hit me with the bat. Let's just, let's put the bat down and I can give you all the stuff I took and more. Lita has the bat overhead and like th- there is an anger and a rage on her face. 
and all her arms are tense up and you can tell she's ready to swing down and then she just holds her arms up and she says I will give you my Venmo and then you will turn around and we will never see each other again and as Lita says that, Carrie makes impact with his knees, <laughs> takes him down. Okay, well, we're like, going to have you roll for that. You don't just, okay, we, we, don't, we don't clear no, things No, 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 I will absolutely roll. <laughs> okay. no, I will roll for this because, like, that. I have an idea. I, but, I, but, but she's doing it in a moment of duress. Like, this is a role-playing game, so let's let's have you roll. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We're going to have should you roll. Should I give you my full idea, and then I need, and then oh I should roll? Um, let's have you roll first, and then you can describe how it actually happens based on the roll. Okay. Because, like, I think, like, it's, it's a little bit tough to, like, this all happens because and then you roll and it doesn't happen then I'm like okay well now it's disappointing so let's 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 say let's have you roll a uh, coordination and uh, fighting and uh, I guess now it's conflict coordination and conflict so coordination see if you're like, able to aim well and then conflict because mm-hmm. this is a conflict I'm just imagining like a bad roll and she belly flops into the dust behind him or oh, something. Like, slips and falls so she hits good. the desk she does something else I'm looking but, forward to adding so some good. like Hannah Barbera yeah. Okay. Well, uh, I rolled an eight, and my attributes and skills was also an eight, so we're at a beautiful sixteen. Okay. Any ones or sixes in those rolls? No. Okay. That is a success. So let's have you okay. tell me what you want to have happen. So as Lita finishes her little Venmo speech, Carrie takes out the engineer by his knee. So like, if you can imagine, like that parallel, like crouch down parallel, not not Naruto running. We're not doing that. But absolutely going for impact for the knees. Gets him both hands by the knees, tackles him down. She flips him over, crawls quickly to the back of his back, puts one knee on the back of his neck, puts w- one, uh, uh, wow. puts the other knee. Hold on, I'm trying to like figure this out. I love other how brutal you're back. being when you don't even know what he did. This is like it maximum Black Widow. What's home- happening? I have my homegirl back here. Yeah. I'm going to say in, in, the, in the span of one turn, I'm going to say you were able to knock him down and put your knee on on, on his back. And that's as far as you're able to yeah, get. Yeah, that's 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 kind of where if I you had a six. It. I would have let you like, yes, hand and go. Yeah, a little no, bit no, further, no, no, no. Yeah, I think. No, no, we're good. We're good with that. Yeah, we're good I, with the tackle down rolling over. And now he's pinned. Yeah, I just want to say Lita's absolutely stunned by this. She's never had anyone like. If you'll pardon the pun, go to bat for her like this before, and yeah. I think that she's Tell kind me of. You have the bat. She I actually went to knee. I have, <laughs> you, no one's ever <laughs> taken a knee for Lee. No hey, ever ta- yeah. <laughs> hey, we so found I it. Think, we found it, guys. We we're, we're good. So, we got that. Fantastic comedy. Uh, I I think that um, like she lowers the bat not out of like the situation is diffused, but just from like absolute shock that someone would do this for her seemingly just unprompted like it's not like it's not like carrie knows the history between uh lita and and this this grifter but like she's really taken about i think there's like a i would say that there's like stunned silence at the moment for her okay huh engineer huh? what do you do, do you- <laughs> would uh would you take uh, the cash app <laughs> i'm just but, but let's just let's just assume that we're putting the word space in front of all these things so space oh, then most space cash app i yeah. apologize oh, okay so let me retake we'll take my, my little button there. I apologize. Yep, uh, we'll, to, we'll go to, there. Click beep. Um, uh, uh, oof, uh, do you take as uh, the space cat? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you can't even get it. You know what? We're Good fine. God, let me do. Let me try that four or five more space times. Space coin. <laughs> uh, oof, do you, <laughs> oof, do you take the space cash space app? <laughs> hey, Lita said space Venmo only. It's, it's space the Venmo frontier. 
Not even the space pace base pal. Oh. <laughs> don't make me go crazy on you, man. You don't like it when I'm crazy. Oh, the knee is very in there. Oof. What are you? What are you even doing here? What, what uh, are you doing well, here? I, I, no, no. I'm here to Carrie. help you. Carrie. Oh, oh, I'm so sorry. I thought that was... Carrie. I, oh I was looking hey, at Joe, you. Joe, give yourself a story point for that. you were looking at me. Joe, give yourself a story point. <laughs> I will. Carrie, Carrie. Oh, hell. We were We were looking at each other, and I thought you meant... So it was for, Sorry. Let me just... I'll shut up now. She's talking to you, fool. What, what are you doing here? I, I'm running the carnival. I just... I... It's... I fair. I, I I put this place together after I got out of the boundaries and took what I took from you. Okay, so so this is all mine. What you're saying? This is mine. Is the conversation Phil, we're having now? Phil, about uh, like point five percent of it is it's like you could have one of the pews. I think you may be paid for. But the nice thing, look, if we go back to my little handy shed thingy, I can show you the duplicator. I can give you everything I took from you and more. It will be exactly the same. Wait, 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 hold uh, on, hold on. We don't go to creepy wait. old sheds with old men. Uh, Carrie. It's a good life lesson for anybody at home. Carrie, I, I cannot stress enough how much I'm loving the energy that you have right now. Thank you, Lita. I'm really seeing this as a bonding moment between us. I So do I, but I, I <laughs> definitely... I definitely want to hear more about this duplicator. What? Tell me about the duplicator. Felt you're a smart girl, Lita. I can assume you understand the basic principle. It it, it duplicates anything. Uh, converts. Hey, I need you to cut on the sarcasm, buddy. I was this explaining literally. I'm sorry. Your oh. misogyny is oh, so goodness. loud over your screams. I can't hear it over the misogyny. Both, both of you. Oh. Both of you. Can you put the knee on the other side? Fifty percent of you. Oh, that's me. That's that's Just absolutely so you, know. you. If you didn't know, that's clear. It's me. Oof. Tell me more about the duplicator. Does it have like an upper, like, what are its limitations? And a little less sarcasm. Please. And a little less sarcasm. I, okay. It can convert anything using energy into matter. So it's just a little pad you see, and then you just put the stuff on it and it makes the second of the stuff. Lita thinks on this for a moment and she says, could you use it to copy a ship? This depends on the complexity of the item. What are you considering? I tell you what, there's something... If you can duplicate something for me, maybe we're even. Maybe I still never see you again. In fact, absolutely, I still never see you again. But if you can, if you can help me duplicate something, then we are out of each other's lives forever, and we are even, and we are done. Tell me what the thing is. Doctor, you are you are at your console now. What, uh, so, what have you done now that you see Mrs. Proximity Alarm? Gently remove Gunther from my lap and give her scritches. She likes it. Such a good, such a good girl. She's such a good girl. She loves it so much. And uh, gets up she, and she bats at your arm all the time. She's like, <laughs> and she like kind of like in that way that cats like when you stop giving them attention, but they really want it. Like she doesn't walk away right away. So there's a whole thing. Anyway, yeah. well, I, I digress. Yeah, yeah and, and Doctor looks. Guthrie square in the eyes go just one second I will be back I promise I promise she does not accept this explanation she's already she's gone very, she's <laughs> gone yeah, <laughs> yeah she's, bored. she's bored of you now she actually and, you know, like, goes to stand by her food bowl and she's like what, the, what what's gone with this food bowl come on there's a small <laughs> hole of food at the bottom I can see the bottom of the bowl 
And that's clearly an issue. Yeah, it's a real problem. Anyway, sorry. Continue, Doctor. There's a sense of urgency that there's a ship coming in, that the Doctor is able to shake this feeling off at least for a second, and he does go to the console and begins punching in the necessary buttons to pull up information about the approaching spaceship and maybe even trying to get a visual on one of the monitors to see if maybe this is something that the Doctor would recognize. You absolutely do. I'm not even going to make you roll for it. You recognize these ships as belonging to the Santarans, and they have landed. Okay, the Doctor hits the button to unlock the door to the TARDIS and runs outside immediately. As you run outside, a garrison of uh, Santaran troops are now marching into the midway of the fair, and they are marching down this midway, and everybody now is suddenly panicked, and they're kind of ducking behind their their booths and their exhibits and things like that. The Santarans kind of like lay out like a gauntlet, essentially, like they all take a point in front of a booth, and then their commander comes wandering down the middle of the midway and stops at the feet of Carvanal and takes off his helmets, and he says, Greetings! I am Commander Stagd of the Santoran Empire. I am joined by my garrison of soldiers, Shirk, Charles, Sikt, Stokes, Saul, and Scott. <laughs> you are now the subjects of the glorious and infinite Santaran Empire. And I think the doctor feels a bit exposed where he is standing, and he's going to dive basically into or behind the nearest stall, whether it's a, a game or a food, whatever is closest. It is up to you what it is, but the doctor knows that being spotted right now is bad. Um, I'm going to say, similar to how Lita intuitively knew to kind of wander towards the engineering, I think the doctor moved towards what he thinks is the most vital weaponry in the universe, and you have jumped behind the book cart stall. You have jumped into this stall full of books, and you just see lots of bits of classic literature, and there's a really, because I want, this bit was very fun for us earlier, so we want to put it in there. There's a gaming section, there's a bunch of old uh, role-playing game books, including the very classic uh, game of d and otherwise known as Doctors and Daleks. So that is there. Uh, shout out to our friends at Cable 7. So that is there. And so you are you are ducked behind this, uh, this gaming booth and you see all these books. You see little minis of games and you see cookbooks as well and lots of other things you would see that are like people would want to get at a at a fair. Yeah. yeah and the, the doctor knows, OK, I am. I, hunkered down for a second. I need to tell my companions what's going on. And the doctor goes to reach for his Sonic and realizes, oh no, I took my coat off inside the TARDIS. Oh, nice. Dan, give yourself two story points for giving yourself this, this disadvantage throughout this rest of this game. This is fantastic. I love it. Thank you. And now, so the doctor is basically completely analog right now. Which I kind of like because the analog is what was on, what was your undoing with the signal as well. Because that's, <laughs> in my mind, I, I don't know what, where to stick this into the story. But what I was telling Michael earlier, my idea is the reason why the broadcast went out into the universe is because unit was so focused on like modern digital technology when they blocked the signal. No one remembered that old school broadcast signals went out into space. And so no one turned that one off. And so that one just went out. And that's how it spread the universe, which is like a great detail that I had no idea where to put it in the actual story. So thank you for giving me that moment of analog being your undoing. And now you're stuck with the analog. Anyway, so yeah, as you do this, Commander Stogged looks at Carvernal and says, 
Again, we are here with the glory of the Santaran Empire, and I demand to speak to your engineer. And then we'll cut from there to the engineer who is currently being held essentially hostage by, by Lita and Carrie. Uh, I think that he has taken you now to his workshop. And in the workshop, he does have this device, like he said, that creates, it's essentially a replicator from Star Trek, but in Doctor Who form. And it is a, a device that makes clones or copies of things immediately. Also, he has this workshop that is full of just lots of knickknacks and Easter eggs that if someone were to pause their television would go, oh my God, that's that thing. Oh, look at that. That's a Cyberman's brain crown. And that's, look, that's an eye stalk from a different era of Dalek. And uh, look at that. That was cool. There's like a confession dial. There's like lots of stuff like that happening in this pile of things. So there's just like tons of random Doctor Who memorabilia, but like in character strewn around. Uh, all right, so uh, tell me, what, do you, what, what is being duplicated exactly? It's the complexity of the item depend, uh, is a factor in the timing and the power requirements. Ideally, we would do this after the fair, if that's all right. The, the, the power needed for today, at least, is, is directed there. But uh, tomorrow, I'm more than happy to, to, to of course. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's, let's try duplicating the bat first. Carrie leans back towards Lita. We don't know if we can trust him, and the bat is something simple, so we could just try it right now, and nobody would know any better, because it should just take a little bit of power. Look at this thing. This thing is not... This thing is... Plus, you deserve one. I, Look at the way that you took one. Look at the... I turn to the engineer, and I say, one, one second, and then I kind of... Stepping to one side, but still keeping the engineer in my peripheral, I, I say to Carrie, why are you helping me? Well, why, why, why are you, why are you so gung ho about, do you know what I'm doing? I have no idea what you're doing, which is half my like life. But what I do know is that I like you as a person, Lita, or if person is insulting, I, I don't mean to insult you in any way, no, but like as, as another, yeah, that's the word. okay. As another person, I, I really like you and this seems to really matter to you. So, you know, I'm trying to create action that hopefully gets you to trust me because that's what I was trying to say earlier is maybe watch people's actions to see if they're worthy or not. And you, you really deserve a bat because like, it was great. I, I was, I was, I was hoping you were going to go for a watermelon smash, but it's okay. It's okay. You know, less violence is probably better. Lita really like considers Carrie's words from, for a moment. And then, kind of stops making eye contact with Carrie and, like, can't look her in the eye and says, okay, um, I... I'm sorry, I have I have to do this. And turns back to the engineer and says, hey, so, do you know what a TARDIS is? And the engineer, his eyes open wide with recognition and he straightens up. His whole back kind of creaks as he straightens and he lets out a... Oh, oh, all right. No more games. Which one? Which one are you? Which which one? Which which one? What? No more games. I ran. I'm not going back. Which one are you with? Which what? Which what? What is happening? Did I turn over two pages at once? What is happening? Hey, loser! She's with me. You said TARDIS. Yeah, I said TARDIS. Do you have a duplicator? Could you, if I asked you to duplicate a TARDIS, could you duplicate me a TARDIS? If I can tell you where a TARDIS is, could you duplicate that TARDIS for me so I well, can go? 
Well, that would be tricky. But can you do it? I'm trying to explain to you, Lee, I can do it with a duplicator, but I'd have to move it out of the shed because a TARDIS can't exist inside another TARDIS. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm sorry? You are standing, well, sort of the front room is the same size as the outside to be better disguised. This is my TARDIS. I took it and ran. I'm not going back. Are you traveling with one of them? Are you with the five? No, we're, we're with the doctor. I wanted to copy no. the doctor's Whoa. TARDIS. <laughs> what? I wanted to make a copy of the doctor's TARDIS so I could just go and do my own thing and not be a burden to anyone anymore. I just want, oh. I just want to go. You oh, know, no, actually, it doesn't worse. even have to be his. T- You've got a. T- let's just do. Let's just copy paste. Copy paste. Come on, Control C, Control V. Sorry, wait. Sorry, Ooh. Command C, Command V. I don't know what OS you're using right here. Let's just. Let's just help me. Uh, I'm. I'm happy to help you later, but I'm not. I'm here for a reason. Uh, the fair. I. I won't turn off the fair, and it needs the power of my TARDIS. I. I won't. I won't let these people down like I'll let you down. All right? What does any of that mean? Now we will cut back to the midway where the doctor is hiding in a, in a booth in a stall, surrounded by books, while the Santarans are addressing Carvanal and they have said, We wish to speak to your engineer. And then Carvanal is like, I should always have set up a scene where now I'm talking to, to impeach myself. That's fine. Um, Carvernal, whose voice I definitely remember doing not that long ago, is like, is it, a little bit too similar to the Santars now that I've now that I've really played it out. But he's like, ah, oh, well, of course, uh, uh, yes, right, right this way. We we don't we don't want any trouble. We if survive this long, we'll survive longer. This is fine. And then he starts to lead the Santars towards the engineer's booth. And now, uh, Doctor, what do you do? I am going to. Take my knowledge of fair folk and traveling performers, and if I need to spend a story point, I'm going to look for the secret tucked away packet of cigarettes that are most certainly hidden in this booth because I'm looking for a lighter. Um, I'm going to say this is not something that the BBC would, cons- would condone on television is having a character smoking. So I will let you spend a story point if you can think of a different reason there would be fire or a lighter in the uh, in the booth. Uh, that the back door to the booth is open and I can see the fireworks display booth right across. All right, I'll let you do that. I'll let you spend two story points for that, so. Gladly. Okay. Okay, yeah, so the doctor is going to, as stealthily as possible, try to get over to where the fireworks display is and honestly not even looking for the fireworks itself, but might as well use the advantage, but I am looking for some something that creates fire. Yeah, I'll say you find essentially, like, a specified it's clearly just like a, a candle lighter but it's been given like decals and things to make it look a little more like advanced and <laughs> okay, it's like, uh, like a little ray i have okay. exactly the sheet of decals i would use for just, yeah <laughs> yeah the, the doctor is appalled by the notion of what he's about to do but is gonna make lemonade of these lemons and uh has has taken a book that was once beloved on a planet but became like outrageously problematic due to the author and and lights it on fire and 
throws <laughs> it through the air to make it land in the I'm compost. I'm going to let you know there's no way that book is still being published in the point in time when uh, when this is happening. So good. it's I need a really it be, good. Yeah, I need it to be <laughs> old and dried because okay, the doctor is throwing it at the compost pile where the food was before because compost gives off methane. Okay, so you have thrown um, H.P. Lovecraft's work. Okay. Uh, so, so you have thrown you have thrown Ender's Game into a pile of things. Okay, you have thrown, yeah, okay. so uh, you it's a shifting book. novel that's every problematic novel yeah. all at As once, you throw like Atlas the Beatles into song. this thing. Uh, you toss. It. Okay, so uh, Dan, I'm going to have you make a uh, coordination and hmm, maybe science because I am trying to do a chemical reaction. I will say coordination is science in that you are doing the math of the angle you need to throw this thing at at what rate for it to land. So, yeah, I okay. let you do coordination in science. I can't think of anything else that's more perfect for that. So, well, that's an that's an 18, 18. That's an 18 in total. Yes. All right. Well, Atlas has has ignited. So, that, yeah, flames. I'll say that this happens. And uh, any, any ones or sixes in your role there, Dan? Nope. OK. Uh, yeah. So I think what you want to have happen, the book is lit on fire and it throws into the compost heap. And that is all that has happened so far because it wouldn't immediately burst. It's not like full of gaseous energy. So it, it lands. And as far as you can tell, it successfully fell into this compost thing. Great. So I'm going to the doctor would probably have a notion as to how long he would have. But basically, the doctor saw where the Santarans, the direction that they wanted to be taken and now knows where the compost pile is and kind of wants to zig and zag around the other stalls so that when the Santarans are looking at the compost pile, once it goes up, the doctor can sort of make his way around to try to get in front of where they were heading. Okay. It's they look left so I can go right, basically. Okay. I'm going to make you spend story points for this to work because... Like, there's no reason, like, it's like a, a slow burning fire in another space is not going to necessarily make them all turn at one time. Maybe one or two Santarans might have. So I'm going to ha- I'm, I'm have you spend a story point to have it distract the Santaran soldiers. May, may I have that story point be used because I knew that one of the ingredients in Carrie's food is a highly explosive, having taken a bite of it? <laughs> um... No, I can't do that for okay. reasons, but I that's, appreciate that's that. That's totally fine. That's totally fine. <laughs> that is also like food that is highly explosive is not going to be cooked at a fair. Sorry. That's that, that's that story points can only do so much. Dan. I'm uh, sorry. Like, clearly uh, never it, gone it was, to a fair in England. I, I think the, the fire has started up and I would say that uh, I think that Commander Stogged is still I think he's turned away because he's heading towards the booth with Carvanal. But I will say that uh, Stocks, Saul and Scott are all distracted by the fire. Great, because the doctor does not know where his companions are at this point. He's just trying to stop the Santarans. Yeah, I'll say the I'll say that you are able to find a route to where they're headed. Like, I think because you spent story point, what I'll say is that you are able to figure out a path to where they're going around stalls and booths. You distracted the Santarans that are close enough to the stall you were at that you're able to slip away without them noticing you. That's what I'll say you'll get for that because, okay, yeah, otherwise we're getting a little bit too Calvin Bali, so. Yeah, absolutely. And there was no way in any fiction or non-fictional universe I was going to set the book stall on fire. <laughs> That's why I was shocked when you were starting to imply that, so. <laughs> I was like, damn. Jaws at the wow. floor. Wow. I was like, well, the doctor is definitely not Travis. We learned that hard. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll say that you are heading in that direction. I think I want to cut back now to that direction. We had some pretty good momentum the other scene. So now I think I'm going to kind of combine these two scenes in the next section here. So I will say we'll pick up from what Lita just said to this engineer character. So you said, like, what does any of that mean? Or What did you say exactly? I can't remember now. Uh, I believe I said, what does any of that actually mean? 
Well, I mean, you've been traveling with a Time Lord, right? You understand the nature of the TARDIS and all that? Yeah. I, I think you're ascribing a level of confidence and trust in the Doctor that I have yet to have found myself. I know precious little. Well, that's also... Well, that does sound like Emmy, doesn't it? Uh, strange and mysterious is how he works. Ah, uh, so... Wait, 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 um, wait, wait, sorry, sorry. Let's, let's, let's pause. Let's put a pin in whatever you were going to say, because I do want to hear it. You, you, are the, you, 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 that's you right there in front of me. You are the person who, who stole everything I had. Hello. And you know the doctor. Yeah, we used to, well, we used to get in a lot of scrapes. I, uh, I had a real habit of messing with history for fun, you know, meddling about here and there. And the doctor would cause those plans to go awry. It's sort of his thing. Preserving the timeline, doing goody two shoes, blah blah blah. He's always such a bore. But for me, it's more about fun, you know. I just want to have good fun. And then, well, everything went wrong, and uh, I had to run. And part of that running, I, I realise I hurt you very badly, and I'm glad I've got this opportunity to make it right. But yeah. Well, then make it right. I'm going to tell you, I don't know. If giving you a TARDIS is the best idea right now. I don't think it needs to be the best idea. It just needs to be the one we are doing. You, you would make yourself a target in ways I don't think you're ready for. And I'm, I'm just going to cut in here for two seconds, Lita, and say that you're not a burden on anyone. I've been wanting to say that for a while now here, but Mr. Talky Talk is oh, so sorry. talky. It's all right. Look, I'm her friend here, Okay. And you're just here to steal her money and stuff. And this is the one good idea that you had. So you've you've got you've got. I would just shh shh shh. You shh right now. You shh shh. And Carrie like puts out her finger and like holds it to his mouth. I think that hearing the words "you are not a burden," I think that visibly hits Lita in a in a place. And I think she uh, she looks to Carrie and says, "Could I borrow your bat again for a, for a hot second? Oh, boy. Uh, as long as you promise that I'm not your target. Can I please Okay, let's, let's, let's do this, because I can, I can see you've got... If see, I can see you have concerns. Yeah. I think you can probably tell. I've wanted to hit you with a bat for a while, probably since before we came to the carnival. So, right now I'm going to give you... I'm going to give you two... No, you know what? I'm going to call it three options. Option number one is I can take Carrie's baseball bat and I can turn your head into a Jackson Pollock. Oh, I like that I idea. I just learned about reading the TARDIS databanks. Oh, good for you. Option two. You can duplicate a TARDIS for me and then I can go. Option three. This is my personal favorite at the moment, but I will leave it up to you. You can tell me everything you know about the Doctor. And you will leave out no details. You will leave out no information. You will give me names. You will give me places. You will give me dates. If you've got a long-form birth certificate, I would be very pro having a copy of that. So I will well, let you make a choice. No. Carrie, if you want to just hand me the bat, just in, I'm just, just in case he chooses option one, I want to be ready. Oh, I really hope, wish that we had duplicated them now because I want one too. Actually, you know what? But it's okay. Actually, I'll tell you what. It you hold on to the bat and uh, Lita pulls out her uh, her multi-tool and turns the head into the wrench. Whoa, whoa. All right, let's get brutal. Let's do this. 
Uh, as you are about to get brutal, you are interrupted by the now entrance into this tent of Carvanal and this leader of this Santaran. Now, Carrie, you have experienced Santarans once before in the right. uh, the episode where they were you met the auditor, so you okay. know who these people are. They're the little potato little okay. potato soldier people. Okay, and he comes in and he says, "You are in the presence of Commander Stark of the Infinite Santaran Empire. Please cease your feeble." attempt at war and turn over your technology to the glorious Santaran Empire post-haste. And this is why you're supposed to boil them, mash them, and stick them in a stew. Should have just followed that idea last time. Well, she's got a point. What was that? <sighs> you do not speak ill of the glorious Santaran Empire. Uh, give me just a second. Never. Hey, Lita, I mean, I really hate to divert us right now, but we really should take care of the situation in front of us, and we'll just take it. We'll we will handcuff him to 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 me. Why don't we handcuff him to me? Like one one arm, one, my one arm, his one arm, or if you would prefer to handcuff what him to you. What is this conversation? Um, we are here on important business of the Santaran Empire. Is 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 the is the little potato man within reach of bat within bat reach? Uh, I don't think yet. I think me? he's entered the booth because you're over like in kind of in the middle of the essentially what is a TARDIS now we've learned, and yeah. you. I think he is more towards the door, so you would have to move towards him to do that. Okay, just I just threatening, <laughs> I just threateningly hold up my bat in his direction, and say, "Hey, quiet." The adults are talking. Okay. This is now a threatening action that you are making. And so now I'm going to drop this into a carry and this Santarin combat here. So carry, I'm, oh, I want to, I don't know why, I don't want to just do this automatically. So I am going to roll for it. Okay. Because I think what you're doing is essentially a do. Okay. The Santarin is going to do an attack. I'm going to roll for it so it's fair. I'm okay. going to make okay. a coordination and conflict roll, which I begin with a base of nine. Oh, so I'm oh, going to say this. Okay, I rolled two threes. So that makes my roll a 15. Carrie, I'm going to have you make a uh-huh. coordination and athletics roll okay. to see if you are able to save your baseball bat. Okay. Ooh. Come on, baby. Come on. So before I have seven and then i just rolled an eight with a five and a three so that is uh i think tied with you 15 yeah okay i'm gonna say that this blaster hits your baseball bat and Uh it starts to get very hot in your hand and you drop it okay it is not gonna be destroyed because we we met evenly right but you have been successfully disarmed by the santaran warrior yeah because yeah, you brandished a weapon at a race of warrior beings, and he's not going to immediately be like, okay, well, I'm going to sit here and let you swing a bat at me. He fires at your bats to try to disarm you, and he succeeds. But because we matched rolls, if you had rolled a 14 or lower, you would have lost your bat. Um, so, I know, which I was like, yeah. ooh, she I was just like, this saved is a, This is a ooh, hard chi-chi. move that I'm making, but I was like, I don't know how to not have this be what happens in this situation. So, okay, sure, so you course. drop the bat, and the Santaran says to uh, this engineer character, we are here to procure and and commandeer your creation equipment for the glory of the future of the Santaran Empire. Yeah, okay, Lita, we gotta we gotta redirect our energy this away. We you are you in? Are you in or you out, man? Carrie is like looking towards the engineer. At this point, Doctor, you come running in the door behind this. Now everyone's in the same place, so now we're all together again, one big happy family. I may I have done something along the way that required a story point by? What would you? What would you like to do? 
As I am running towards where they're going, I would like to pass a tester strength booth and grab one of the hammers. Ha ha. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I uh, love that. Yeah. We actually had one of those written in the notes. So let me tell you what it was and you can have fun with it. We Amazing. had it be a. Oh, no. Actually, here's the problem uh, <laughs> it's a big rock. You grabbed a big rock because our strength, <laughs> our strength test was you throw a big rock. So I'll say that there's like oh, there's a big rock that's in your hand that's like that you're able to carry. Yeah, and because I because I'm dictating, that's what it is. I won't make you spend the story points. So I'll say that you you are even now in story points. Great. Then when I come through, I would like to do so as quietly and stealthily as possible because I would like to bop the Santarin on the probic vent with the big rock. <laughs> okay. If their back uh, is to the door, you, I'm gonna make you make greatest episode a ever All coordination right. and subterfuge mm. roll for that to see if you're able to do it quietly enough for it to be. And I'm gonna make him make an awareness and presence roll to see if that's what he can do to get around it. Come on, come on, come on. Oh, I roll. I rolled pretty well. Okay, what'd you get? I got a 16 in total. Okay, uh, I got a 14, so you did succeed. So you are able to hit this vent, and so then uh, Commander Stog goes. And then falls down to the ground. How dare someone attack the. I know that the Santarans are short, but for the visual of this gag, I would just love to have the Santaran fall forward, and then I see Lita and Carrie in front of me. It's like, oh, good. I was coming to try to find you anyway. <laughs> And like you see, like Commander Stock now trying to like catch his breath and like re like stand up. And then as as this like loud noise happens, two of the Santarans that were not Stock Skull or Scott come. So it's this is a Cirque and Shawls come in, and now you are essentially like they're behind you, Doctor. And so now in this booth we have we have three Santarans. One is on the floor because you hit him. So I just want to put as many people on this TARDIS as possible. Yeah. So yeah. So they come in and and they're like, what just happened to our commander? Let's play some whack-a-mole! Can Carrie go for her bat and start bopping Santarans on the head? And, uh, and as you start, I, I think we're gonna get, if we want to get into this fun combat, I want to say that Stog goes, Finally! A war once again worthy of the Santaran Empire! Ha-ha! It's on, you little patots! Okay, I'm gonna say you picking up your bat would be an action yeah. because like it was it was heated up and dropped to the ground. So I think that that would be yes, yeah, so yeah, let's, yeah. We're at the top of the combat now. Okay, I'm gonna say Carvanal has ducked away a little bit, so we, we don't have a, yet another person involved in this scene. I'm going to say that it's gonna take this entire round for Commander Stog to recover from his attack. So he's out of the board for this. So we have two Santarans. We have the engineer, we have Lita, and then Carrie's going to take this turn to pick up her bat. The three of you plus the two Santarans are going to have turns in this combat. So what is anyone doing? Who, who, are my, who are my talkers, my movers, my doers, and my fighters? I think Lita's a talker. I think Lita's okay. going to turn to the engineer and say, um, does this TARDIS do that, like, Temple Grace thing? Is that a thing? Is that a switch or a button or a key combo? Is it, like, control, shift, Temple Grace? Like, how... Can you turn that on? Uh, no. Uh, the TARDIS is in a uh, off, uh, depowered state. There's no, I mean, you can't even get into the extended dimension. It's just a shed. That is not ideal. I'm going to do, but Dan, after you. 
Okay. I also, I was going to do a do, but what Lita just said negated it because I was going to see if I needed to do an awareness role of some sort to see if I could tell if I was inside a TARDIS, but Lita just yeah. relayed that information to me. Okay, uh, what I am going to say is you do notice all these things that I mentioned earlier that are in the TARDIS, and I'm going to give you for free that you notice very distinctly a confession dial that is in this TARDIS. Instead, instead of making you roll for awareness, that can be your turn if you were, if you were going to do an awareness check. Well, I, if I could do something else, though, I okay, what would do you prefer. Want to do? Yeah, yeah sure. because now that Lita has said that this is a TARDIS and the engineer just said that it's not powered on, I think the doctor is going to run to the, the console of this TARDIS and try to get it started. OK, um, you can go to the you can go to the console, but I'm going to say that like, there's not enough energy for you to get it started. So as, as you go to run to it, you realize that it has been intentionally decommissioned. Now, what is your what is your due engineer? Uh, I have a little communicator that I use to uh, communicate with the various carnival workers or fair workers, and I am going to try and transmit on the Santaran frequency like a squawk, see if I can cause feedback. Okay, go ahead and make a... I'm going to let you make a science and ingenuity check for me. Or I guess, I guess ingenuity and technology. Oh, that's cool. Okay, so 11 just to start. Plus, I got seven. That's 18. And one of them is a six. Okay, yeah, that works. And then what do you do to make it extra with the six? Uh, yeah, I'm going to have it transmit to, with the, with the six, with the extra, how about it transmits to all the Centauran, like, radios? Like, it goes to all of their comms. Yeah, so I think I think, I think that means that you, I'll say that you have effectively disabled the two Centaurans in the ship for this turn because they just suddenly had this big blast in their heads. And that saves me from having to roleplay combat from characters who are heavily <laughs> armed and probably able to kill everyone in this room. So, yeah, you drop them down, you've disabled them, and then we can drop out of combat for now because all the combatants are currently unable to fight and we'll get into conversation if we get back into combat we will but I'll say that now we've gotten through that round and and Commander Stogged has recovered you hear him say "Ah, time lords now that's a rude bunch have a great war and don't invite anybody else well, we are very private people but you'll have to be more specific as to which war you're referring to by the civil time war of course yeah Oh, that thing is just the gift that keeps on giving, isn't it? Uh, and then he goes, Are you the one who calls yourself the Doctor? Uh, I am. Oh, there's an enemy of Santa. You have been missing for quite some time, and the Santaran Empire has flourished in your absence. We have conquered the Rutans. We have brought the Slavine to heal. We have defeated other monsters that Riley can think of off the top of her head right now. <laughs> she definitely meant to write them down earlier and forgot to do that while prepping this episode. The Crotons? The Crotons! Crotons. The, the Defender! What's, what's the, uh, what are the, um... The Cellophanes. The Cellophanes. <laughs> Mr. Cellophane. <laughs> Should have been my Dead. name. The, sl- the, 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 <laughs> the Sensorites. The Time Monster. <laughs> I'm just naming episodes now. It's fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> the one guy in the ark in space whose hand turned green and it was bubble wrap and then he was a worm in a sleeping bag and it was weird. And of course, <laughs> my greatest foe, Stargate SG-1. Wait, hold on. Uh, but now we are bored. We have warred across the galaxy and we have no longer met a foe worthy of the Santaran Empire. And now we are a wandering race of lost and useless warriors. Santar. Ha! 
So we have come here to gather this cloning device so that we may instantly clone ourselves and create an endless war of Santorin on Santorin. Every time one of us falls, a new one will rise in its place and we will fight wars on world after world after world. And then we will finally feel satisfied again. But that's just re-entering a cycle that you've been in. You'll be playing chess against yourself for eternity. Doesn't that sound as boring as anything else? What is this chess you speak of? Oh, does anyone have a chess set? It is is a game, but I I actually feel like you... It's a scale model of war that you can succeed at in record time and play against anyone. Does that sound exciting? They, the Santarans all look at each other and they all seem like <laughs> kind of excited. But wait, you're saying there's a war that we can continue to fight over and over and over again. Yeah, chess is pretty dope. And if, and if that doesn't do it for you, there's Fortnite. Um, there's uh, Call of Duty is pretty good. Yeah, there's there's called these things called waves and they just keep coming. And, and, and as you increase... Uh, it, they get more difficult, more challenging. Ho, ho, Take ho. us to this night of forts. <laughs> if, if, if I may, if you would follow me, uh, look, I, I, I am unarmed. You can trust me. But there is a booth here I think you would be very interested in. We have already tried your fried foods. No, 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 not that. Please, I am calling on the ancient uh, earth tradition of parlay. Are you familiar with that? We have studied this many times in our work in the Crimean War. Then, oh, well, well, have you heard of a game? Oh, we just discussed this. I did not know what it was a moment ago. Why would I suddenly know it now? This feels condescending. Come, come, everyone, 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 come with me. You are cancelled. You, you, and your your human superiority. I, I am going. All right, so he follows you. I'm going to lead the commander to the the booth that had all the books. Mm-hmm. And you you absolutely said there are books about games and the yep. like. So I'm going to find a book mm-hmm. about chess and show this to the Santarans and be like, start explaining the principles of it. It's a simulated war. And then if this becomes too repetitive for you and I pick up the D&D source book and I say, in here are unlimited wars for you to fight. This seems acceptable. And I explained D&D to the Santarans. <laughs> yes, 100%. That is what happens. You are glorious. We love you so much. Yeah, so there's a... <laughs> Thank you for picking up this thing that we dropped a while back. Uh, yeah, so uh, we have this scene of the doctor basically giving the Santarans a D&D player's handbook and Dungeon Master's Guide. And then you kind of, you go, So you mean that I could be Dungeon Master Starred? Absolutely. And when you get tired of being the dungeon master, your friend can take over and you can be a, a barbarian. He goes, a which friend? And he fires his gun at one of his soldiers. <laughs> and he goes, you will not assert my dungeon master power. And so he, he kills he kills Scott. And he is like, Scott has challenged my authority. I will not stand for it. Oh, Scott was my favorite. No, Scott. We should have challenged Carrie, Dungeon Master like, Stark. Carrie digs like a little hole with her hands and like <laughs> just like puts Scott in it and puts a little dirt over it. Maybe a little flower confetti perfect. that she's picked up from the game round. All right, peace, Scott. It's okay. So we'll, we'll, we'll cut away from the Santarans who are sitting around a table and uh, you hear, we, 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 as we're fading away from that plot line, we hear Commander Stogged saying, like, you have been given a quest by the one known as Gundren Rockseek. And then we kind of cut away from that. 
And then, uh, and we, and we, we hear all the Sunhong go, I play a fighter named Shaw. I play a fighter named Sir. I play a fighter named Sit. I play a fighter named Stocked. And then they go on. The, the Santarans leave and we see countless Santaran ships and now they've all like built D&D tables around their control panels and they're all, they've got like minis, they've got, they got virtual tabletops that are like holographic and they've built this like unending cycle of simulated war and they're just rolling for initiative over and over and over again. <laughs> now we find ourselves back in the engineer's shed, which we now know is a TARDIS and Dr. Lita and Carrie and the engineer are there alone. I, so I, I, I look to the doctor and I say, so two things that you need to know. Firstly, this idiot, this this tall streak is stupid. Aye, whoa, I Let oh, me finish fair. my sentence. So oh, this, is, right. this is the person who took everything that I had. Everything I had. When I left my home in the sunken boundaries, this con man conned me for every penny I had, everything I owned. And I and it's a hop, hop, skip and a jump from that situation to me being stuck inside of your TARDIS. But more than that, he says he knows you. What do you know about me, friend? After all these years, what do you know about me? You always forget about me, Doctor. <laughs> We're, uh, we go way back. Way, way back to the... What would you call it? The first one? <laughs> sure. Remember back in those days? You were a rambunctious old grandpa, stealing bits out my TARDIS, leaving me to die. Vikings, the chase, no? We're right. I'll just tell you. you know, it's funny, you're the only one who ever called me the monk. No one else ever called me that, you know? Sorry, out of character, I'm totally lost right now. <laughs> Dan, this is so in the heart in the Hartnell era of Doctor Who, there was a time the very first other Time Lord that Hartnell ever encountered okay. is a is a an antagonist known as the meddling monk. Okay, I'm only halfway through season two. Okay. <laughs> ah, damn. All right. Well, when you get the time, it's, it's, it's essentially spoilers. a prototype yeah. of the master. But it, it, yeah. it was okay. kind of like they eventually later on brought, created the master. And at one point, there was talk that maybe it was the same character, but it ultimately kind of never got attached officially. Okay. So. Okay. Uh, so yeah, the first is back, baby. Um. Anyway. Uh. The original, you might say. All right. <laughs> ah. You you you've definitely changed your look. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not one to talk. Believe me, I know. I, I have to say, I love this old um, disheveled, sad boy vibe you're given. It's very, very fun. It's a, it, it's a recent development. <laughs> Tell me, wh- where have you been this whole time? Well, I've been here. I was the last one who got out. At least I think so. The others seed themselves in like a little cupboard. Left us... Uh, Fools out here to die. I wandered, I stole, I admit that later. Then I found this world. And they needed they needed help, they needed joy. They needed fun. I hope providing that being a a fool for these people. I hope that's enough. I think Carvanal has ducked back into this booth because the Santarans are gone, the threat's gone, and Carvanal was like this is actually true. We we were lost, and this man came, and he helped f- us find a light, and he helped us to to not be afraid anymore. And, you know, he was a bit rough when he got here, but I think he's done a lot to help us out, and he's helped us create this carnival without any cost to himself or to anyone else. And for what it's worth, he's been very helpful to our, to our world. 
He's saying it's Alita, because he can tell Alita has, like, a rage towards this character. Oh, also, if you want, like, a big bag of gold coins, I got that in the back. Is that... You want one? I have a couple. If you can pay me back what you took, that would be just ducky. I've got... I've got some duckies. You want... Oh, you were... Metaphor. Yeah. All right. All right. And uh, the fool will tap into a little terminal, download space Venmo, and space Mo, you the space uh. cash, space Ali. And it has a little, it's, it's a little carnival emoji with the... Lita <laughs> <laughs> looks to Carvinal and uh, says, so you know about the story of the, the doctor. Presumably, you know, pre-retirement. Is this guy, this guy have anything in common with the doctor as, as you know them? And when I say this guy, I'm referring specifically to the fool. I don't, I don't know the, the doctor. I just know the legend of the doctor. The doctor used to roam the universe and, and help people out. And he believed in, in letting people become the best version of themselves and, and fought with empathy and two hearts. And that seemed to be what the doctor stood for until the day he suddenly quit. Uh, Lita, um kind of nods and kind of looks to the fool for a hot second and still feels that that anger at everything that, that he took and then looks to the doctor with a... Still with uncertainty. There's still uncertainty about how she feels about the doctor, but it's definitely... It's less... There's less distrust there now. It's just... Huh. The fool will go to the workbench... And while while he's um, space Venmoing lead of the space cache, he also picks up the, the silver confession dial and tosses it underhand to the doctor. Who catches it? I hope. Uh, <laughs> roll? No. Um, you awkwardly drop it and fumble and pick it up, and it's very weird. Oh, like, we should have taken the take would, again, but yeah. That would be when Dan is <laughs> yeah. playing the doctor. Yeah, it's like, it's like you, you, you would think the show would have like not left that take in, but apparently they just did. It lands um, on its edge, and it rolls out the TARDIS like a Chef Boyardee commercial, and the doctor's yeah. just oh, chasing it after rolls, it. Like it rolls to the door of your TARDIS. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. It's awkward. And I thought I was the fool. I looked straight into camera. <laughs> um, all right, cut all of that. That's the fool's theme. How did you know? No, wait. Uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, so yeah, um, all your questions will be answered in there. I, um, I probably shouldn't have took it, but I couldn't leave it. Oh, so this isn't your confession? No, I'm, I'm still alive. And the doctor looks at the confession dial because this is a very personal and intimate item. It's only supposed to go to the best friend of the person who who died or the closest person. And the, the doctor hesitates and says, are you sure this is all right? Doctor, you look at this confession dial and you look at the symbol in Gallifreyan that is on the top of it, and you know this is actually 100% something you should you should have. Okay. And uh, because I don't have my coat right now, he's just going to Dan, I'm going to DM you okay. the name of the uh, Time Lord that is inscribed on this confession dial. Okay. Oh, no, right. You accidentally just live tweeted it out to everyone. So now I can uh, see. <laughs> <laughs> I will let Dan decide if, if the doc. reason why I'm doing it this way is I want to let Dan decide if his doctor would say it out loud or not because of the way Dan has role played his doctor so far. <laughs> uh, a very bittersweet smile enters the corner of the doctor's mouth and 
looks at the person who now refers to themselves as the fool and genuinely says, thank you for giving me this. Least I could do. And the doctor turns to head out the door and looks back at Lita and Carrie and says, "Are, are you coming? I look at the fool for a hot minute and I look at the doctor and Carrie and then I, I I turn to the fool and I say seems like you're doing good here and I hope you continue doing good here because if I see you out there you're gonna have a wrench shaped indentation somewhere about your person I think the fool like not acknowledges like nods acknowledgement and says if it helps and I know it probably won't come from me there aren't many good time lords. He might be the only one. Hey, uh, before we get out of here, do you still have the duplicator? We are now inside the TARDIS. The Doctor's TARDIS. It is just Carrie, the Doctor, and Lita. So, because Carrie is the best rat present gift giver ever, obviously, she has somehow figured out how to hide this bat behind her and <laughs> Carrie proceeds to walk over to Lita and you know presents Lita with this bat she brings it around to her front and kind of holds it out in both of her hands like the way a, a knight is presented a sword almost and she has personally and it, it, it's very crude Carrie has proceeded after the bat has been duplicated completely carved Lita's name closer to where the grip would be but she presents this epic bat to to Lita and looks at her says this is this is for you I made this for you I I have found these tools to be a great source of relief for all my anger and I felt like you deserved one too so uh boop and she boops Lita on the nose with the bat Lita looks at this gift and sees her her name kind of crudely carved into it and it's decided it's it's not going to make a big deal out of the fact that her name is spelt with an I, not two E's. And I think this is an emotional moment for Lita because it's been such a long time since anyone has, has given her something like this. And she takes it in her hand and she says, this means so much to me. Um, I hope you don't take it personally if I just maybe hang it on the wall in my room um I don't know I guess after everything we just experienced I guess I don't know maybe I I don't feel as angry anymore you know you know what that's pretty great Lita Uh, I'm glad you could walk through that and feel like you could express yourself honestly Lita starts to smile and starts to well up a little bit and uh, just goes in and gives Carrie a big hug we had this sweet moment with Lita and Carrie, this this nice uh, girls in the TARDIS bonding kind of moment happen. And then the doctor, I think, I think took your time coming in the TARDIS behind them. I think you really like took some time looking at this confession dial and kind of pondering what all it means. One thing I want to say to you that you, you would know because 
Time Lords typically can recognize each other when they meet. Like, at least they know that Time Lords are there. Uh, you did not get a reading of Time Lord off of this fool. So you you understand the fool in some way has masked his DNA or has changed his DNA, possibly through a chameleon arch or something along those lines, but somehow still had his memory. So that was like, he seems to have purposely been trying to hide himself. So you, you notice that he deactivated his TARDIS in a way that couldn't be tracked and also found a way to make himself not be trackable. So he was very much trying to hide. And as you come into this TARDIS with his confession dial, what do you do with it once you are in the TARDIS? I wait until I make sure that I have a private moment for it. Mm-hmm. And all of my attention will be devoted to it. Like, it's not this is I'm sitting down at a chair and like it's time to open it. It's not I'm doing six or seven things at the console at the same time. It's like this gets the full attention of the doctor. And that is not something that many people, places or things in the universe ever get. OK, uh, as you try to open it, a blast of energy comes out of it a almost like a security like a setting on it and the cloister bell goes off in the TARDIS and the TARDIS begins to rocket as if it's going somewhere that you are not trying to make it go to immediately it begins to shake and there is a fury to it and it moves around violently and as you do this Lita and Carrie both I think Lita has just hung this bat up in her room and Carrie kind of helped her do it and then as they both come they, they realize something is wrong with the TARDIS something is wrong with what's happening they come running into the room and then so do uh, Mr. Measers and Gunther and they are they are trying to figure out what's going on there's this chaos there's a bounding and there's a big flashing bright white light and then Dr you suddenly feel very, very different. You are no longer sitting in the chair that you were sitting in. And in fact, you see yourself sitting in that chair that you were sitting in. And instead, you are across the room. You feel yourself on all fours on the ground, looking up at yourself in the chair. And you see the doctor, you see Lita, and you see Carrie. Carrie, you also feel yourself on all fours on the ground. And you realize, Carrie, that you are now a Flame Point Siamese cat. Doctor, you realize that you are now Mr. Meesers. And Lita, you know none of this. But what you do know is that Carrie looks at you and she says, There's a hole in the food! <laughs> 